Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of James. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible Class. We are studying the General Epistle of James, one of the more practical books in all of Scripture, a book that's been called the Proverbs of the New Testament, and it certainly is fashioned much like the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. The practicality is without question, and the truth, of course, is total. It is purely the truth of Almighty God as written down by James and sent to us. We are in chapter 4. We've been talking about worldliness and pride. And James did not hold back in telling the truth that you cannot be a friend of the world and think that you can be a friend of God's. If you are in the world, you're an enemy of God's. But he also was very quick to point out that God's grace is greater than any temptation that the lust of the world would have, or that Satan himself would have for you, that God's grace is greater in all things. And James also, in those verses that we studied last time in chapter 4, was quick to point out that when you humble yourself before God, that that great grace is given to you. When you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, the devil will flee from you, and you will not have the problems that you have before you're submitting to God. He said that when we draw nigh to God that is, come close to God, that God's response is to come close to us. When we make ourselves submissive to Almighty God, God himself draws close to us and takes us in his very arms. And so here we see that we must, as sinners, cleanse our hearts and our hands. In other words, our deeds, our hands, our deeds must be pure. Our hearts, our thoughts, our very inner being must be pure. And we know that that is only through the working of God himself through Jesus Christ in our very being. And we left it at verse 10 of chapter 4, the book of James. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Now, the practicality of the book of James and the fact that James is much like Proverbs means that we move from one topic to another rather quickly 
without much transition, and so we do it again here at verse 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy, who art thou that judgest another? Here, very clearly, James is saying, we are not to be in the place of God. We may inspect fruit, and we're told that the fruit of righteousness is sown in the peace in peace of them that make peace. We're told that we are full of mercy and good fruits when we have the wisdom which is from above. And here we can see that we can judge fruit, but we can't judge, or we can inspect fruit, if you will, but we can't judge people. We can see what they produce, and we have to make understanding from that, but we are not to judge people and to speak ill of them. Even if you know there's a problem, there is no reason to speak ill. Think of the book of Jude. In the book of Jude, we're told that Michael the archangel did not speak any evil of Satan when he argued with him. He just said, the Lord rebuke thee. And so if Michael, who is a created being, was reticent, reluctant, unwilling to speak evil of another created being, even though that created being himself was evil, that is, Satan, how are we a created being, a human being, how are we then able to speak ill of another human being? We're not. And this is according to James here in verses 11 and 12. Don't speak evil of another brother. Don't speak evil of another brother. This is so important. And it goes back to the idea that we can't bless God and then curse men who are made in the image of God. This all runs in the same uh, direction here in the uh, epistle of James. And it's so important. It's so practical. And it tells us that we get ourselves in trouble when we decide that we're going to sit in the place of God. Now, some people sit in the place of God. They're dictators and they murder people and they execute people. That's not what we're talking about. Although I must admit that sometimes I think that we, with the fire of hell that's within our tongue from time to time, that we can practically execute people and murder them, uh, at least in front of others, by what we say. May the Lord help us with that. I am constantly asking the Lord to help me keep my mouth shut and not to say things because... I am so used to speaking freely, and I don't say vulgar uh, with vulgarities or anything. No, no, no. But I'm so used to telling people what I think that I have to restrain and refrain from such things, and it's terribly difficult for me. But I'll tell you what, in studying the book of James, I've been reminded that that is something that I have to work on, and I have to have God's grace, his greater grace, to be able to do that. Now, prophets, and prophets today, I believe, are those who proclaim the truth of God, 
their preachers, sometimes their pastors, their teachers as well. Uh, I think sometimes we want to help people understand and we want to do it so well and so we're so passionate about it that we we speak out of turn. May God forgive us and help us not to do that. May we not speak evil one of another. Uh, may we not speak evil of brothers or sisters. And may we not judge another man's servant. May we not judge Almighty God's servant. There's one lawgiver. So if we're trying to judge the law, we're trying to judge God. Heaven forbid, God forbid, that we do such a thing. And so we are not able, according to James there in verse 12, to judge someone else. We must let God do the judging. Verse 13, this is speaking of unchristian conduct. Once again, changing the focus here in this portion, verse 13, chapter 4, the epistle of James, Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Oh my! Listen very carefully. This go-to now is come now, listen. Listen to me. Come and listen to what I have to say. You that say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain place, we're going to do a certain thing, we're going to make money, we're going to buy and sell, we're going to bring this money back, we'll stay there a year, and then we'll be back and we'll be rich. He says, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know about your planning. Your life's a vapor. It's here just a short time, and then it vanisheth away. How can you make such plans? How can you make such plans? You are foolish if you think you know something that you don't know. How foolish are you? Oh, I, I've had those classes. Haven't you had those classes or heard those people speak that say, Oh, you must have a goal. You must have a goal. You've got to have 15 steps to get to this goal. And this goal, by a certain time, you're going to do this. You're going to go there. You're going to have this. What James says is, make all your plans you want to, but understand that it's only by God's grace that these things are going to happen. If God does not will that you do that, you will not do that. If God does not want you to do that, you better not do that. He says, you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Don't rejoice in your boastings. Your boastings are absolutely worthless. The biblical word is vain. Solomon would say in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, saith the preacher. 
Worthless, worthless, worthlessness of worthlessnesses. All is worthless, saith the preacher. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. It's all sin. Every bit of it. All of your planning is sin if you don't submit it to Almighty God. Now let me be very clear here and try to be as clear as I possibly can. Planning is not sinful. Making plans is not sinful. Having goals is not sinful. There's nothing wrong with having goals. There's nothing wrong with having plans. There's nothing wrong with having a retirement plan, for example. But you better submit it to Almighty God. It had better be God's plan, not your plan. You see, that's, that's the perspective here that James is giving us. It's a practical perspective, but it's one that's very important. That if God is planning for you to do thus and so, then go do it. But if you're planning it and haven't submitted those plans to God, woe be unto you. You may be a fool because you don't know something. You're presuming that you have resources to control your destiny when you have no resources to control your destiny. You do not control your destiny. I do not control my destiny. Almighty God controls our destinies. If you want some Bible for that, why don't you take a look in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, or in Luke chapter 12, 13 through 21. You remember that rich man who had barns? Tear them down. Build bigger barns. I'm going to be richer. And God said, Thou fool, tonight thy soul is required of thee. Oh, my. Better be careful with those plans, hadn't you? Well, I know. I've had plans before. I've had some plans that were pretty good. Pretty good plans. And I worked through them. They made a lot of sense. But they were not God's plans. And guess what? Every one of those plans came to absolutely nothing. I mean zero. They were not God's plans. They were my plans. And when I submitted them to God, if I ever did, they were done away with. I have been of many years now saying, the Lord willing, I will be doing this. The Lord willing, I will be doing that. It is the same as the Latin Deo Volente, if the Lord wills, Deo Volente, D-V. And I had uh, an invitation we submitted to some folks recently, uh, inviting them to come do some things, and they wrote back and said, we'll be there, D-V. Lord willing, we'll be there, if it's the Lord's will. And you know, it's a lot better to submit your plans to God than not. Because when you submit your plans to God and he doesn't want them, it's better to know that than to try to live them out and be frustrated at every turn when God says no. You say, does God care that much? He certainly does. God cares that much. And that's what James is talking about, the practicality of Almighty God. Almighty God is practical with his children. He's practical with his people. He wants us to live as we should live. He wants us to live according to his plan. And yes, he does have a plan for your life, my friend. 
And he does allow us to move within that plan. And he allows us to do things within that plan. And I was speaking to my mom just recently and telling her how wonderful God has been to me and thanking her and thanking her uh, on behalf of myself toward my dad, who's now deceased, uh, of the wonderful raising that they had done, the, the way that they had raised me to follow Jesus Christ. And I was thanking her for that. And I told her, I said, if I, as a kid, had thought I would ever do any of the things that I've been able to do by God's grace, I would have said, no, that won't happen. And yet God opened vistas for me far beyond anything I could have dreamed or planned. My plans were worthless, and they were certainly uh, inferior by great measures, by measures beyond my understanding. They were inferior to God's plan for my life. I could never have conceived of what God wanted me to do. But I did submit myself to God and his leading. And I'm sure that I made twists and turns in the wrong directions. I could probably think long enough and hard enough and find some of those for you. But I don't think it'd be of that great of an interest to you. Suffice it to say that God himself, when you submit yourself to him, will put the plan together for you far greater, far better than anything you could ask or imagine he will do if you're submitted to him. One of the sayings we have when we're on the mission field is the greatest ability in missions is availability. The greatest ability before God Almighty is availability. Are you available to be used of God? Or have you set yourself into such a such a plan, such a pattern, that you can't be used of God because you've got to have it your way instead of God's way? That's what James is talking about here. He says, don't say, listen to me, I've got this plan and I'm going to do it. Say, if God wills that I shall live and I shall do these things, I will then do them. Lord willing, Deo Valente, I will do what the Lord will have me to do. These verses, especially verse 15 there, teaches that God does have something for Christians to do and that they should plan accordingly. It's the elaborate planning without preceding prayer without having prayer go before it, without submitting it to Almighty God, that's what James is talking about. If you omit God, as in Proverbs 16:9, your plans will come to nothing. Absolutely nothing. My friend, I want my plans to be submitted to God and changed according to His desire. How about you? Is that the way you want to live? I think so. That's where the blessings are. We're going to be at verse 17 of chapter 4. Let's listen. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Here James, in the style of a Solomon or a David, gives us this absolute instruction. 
Because we should submit ourselves to God and his planning, if we know to do good and we refuse or we omit doing the good, then it is sin. When we're given an opportunity to do good and we refuse to do it, it is sin. May the Lord guide us and forgive us from not doing the good that we're able to do and that we know to do. May the Holy Spirit of God, may God the Holy Spirit, guide you into doing the good that you know to do so you won't sin. May it be that it is said of you and of me, they did the good they knew to do. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the postal service, our address is the Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.